The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving and is enjoying the Black Friday hustle out there right now. Tyler Rocky, Jesse Rogers in for Waddle and Sylvie today. Let's go on out to the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline and get the weekend plays from Doug Kazarian. He's brought to you by your Chicagoland Toyota Dealer Association. Let's go places. Doug, the host of Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian on OnlyPlayers.com. And he joins us every single week here on Waddle and Sylvie. Doug, how did the Thanksgiving football treat you in the wagering yesterday? Uh, it was okay. I, it, both days have started off tough just with some craziness. I was on the Lions yesterday, but in due time, we were able to scratch and crawl with some, back with some in-game wagering. But, you know, the NFL, the reason these sports books take the most limits or have the highest limits and take the largest bets is because it is incredibly unpredictable. So, um, you know, we're seeing, we saw some funny stuff with the end of the first half of the Jets Dolphins, obviously (laughs) anything goes in this, in this league. Except though, last night, I think everybody got even because I'm assuming most people had the Niners and Cowboys. For sure. For sure. There was a little bit of line movement. It was plus nine and a half for most of the week. Got bet down to seven and even six and a half when the Geno Smith stuff, but eventually, the you know the public was on them, and then and then also uh, you know both the public was on the Cowboys too, and they obviously was a beatdown from the start. Yeah. So you're right; uh, they, 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 it was a happy Thanksgiving by the end of the day. <laughs> Doug, I know we don't do this often with you, but let's fast forward to the Monday night game, which is where we find the the Chicago Bears. Just from what you're seeing so far, Minnesota a field goal favorite. Where are you sitting on this game between the Bears and the Vikings? You know, talking to pro betters and odds makers, they, they like to fade some of these like feel good stories, right? So, so the CJ Stroud stuff was a feel good story last week going into the weekend, and they were all on Arizona plus six and five, and the game landed five. A lot of sharp money was on the Broncos that got bet up to two and a half minus 20 because they were fading Minnesota and the Josh Dobbs story, and it came down to a two point conversion. But Minnesota mostly outplayed Denver for the entire game. So, the, the, the sharp money usually is going to come in later when it's stuck on three. Right now, they haven't really weighed in. But if anything, I think the money would come in on the Bears. I, teams don't run the table in this league. So to see what Minnesota was doing with the win streak and playing well and everything like that, you know, they're contrarians for the most part. The sharp betters are contrarians. So they usually go against what's typically been happening. And uh, that's what I anticipate. But it's hard to get off the number three. Three is such a key number in NFL point spread betting. 15% of games since the extra point distance moved back have been decided by exactly three points. So if it goes to three and a half or two and a half, either direction, you'll see professional money. So I don't anticipate the line move either way. If I had to, I would take the Bears plus three. But I was also on the Broncos last week, minus two and a half against these Vikings. And that didn't go so well. Doug, I know that it's the quarterbacks that move the lines for the most part, but 
If Justin Jefferson were to play, do you have a handle on what his value in Vegas is point spread wise? Yeah, it's a great question because there are a few guys who do impact, guys meaning non-quarterbacks, that do impact the point spread. The problem with this is that the number is on three. I, I really find it hard to believe that they would move off the number three just because once it gets there, it is so locked in. Maybe maybe it would move to minus three and a half, and then the underdog would be like plus 130 or something silly like that. But it's really hard to get off the number three. But to your point, Jefferson is one of those guys that really impacts the point spread. The question is, is Dobbs like a guy who's going to all of a sudden you know, ter- uh, turn the offense into the greatest show on turf? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right about the Bears too. It, it just the way things are going in the in the division. Like who knows, some goofy happens. They 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 lose, but you know uh, the the Vikings win, but only by a point or two. And all of a sudden, you have that that cover. It just it, it it feels like that kind of a game where you just take the underdog and hope for a close one. Yeah, and there's a level of competence that the Bears are starting to achieve, right? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't early season. And, you know, even with Bajent when they were when he was playing, like they were hanging around in some games and last week obviously they blew it to Detroit, but um Fields gives them a little bit of diversity and swagger that they didn't have with Bajent, but I just overall I think the offense has more confidence. The point total here too, forty three and a half. I know Earlier in the year, it was at 32. Uh, they put up 32 points with the teams combined. How do you see these point totals maybe change from the prior time, especially with these divisional games? Does it feel like they tend to hang around the same number the second time around, or well, do we see large disparities? It's hard because Dobbs changes everything, you know, versus like Kirk Cousins, right? True. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you guys know, about 62% of the games this year have gone under the total, which is just. You know, historic numbers. Now, yesterday, all three went over um, for the first time, you know, in like a decade or something like that on Thanksgiving. But either way, they've been trending under because red zone offenses are struggling. So scoring's down because of red zone offenses. Teams don't practice red zone offense. And the safeties and the way the, the defenses are structured is they're giving everything underneath and making quarterbacks make plays, you know, third and goal from the five, stuff like that. So that's really what's happening and why the scoring's down, and then also just injuries. You know, you have DeVito playing and things like that. You have a lot of backups and what's going on with the Jets right now, self-explanatory. So that's really what's been going on across the league. But I would say uh, I'd be inclined to play the under, but that's only because it's a Dobbs play. I don't think much of him, but, you know, I've been proven wrong for the last couple weeks. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's probably one you don't touch, to be honest, because the Bears have been a little bit, up and down, like sometimes they do look like a team that can score points, and then other times, especially on the road, they go into a shell. So um, if you're going to play, I think the under's right, but probably stay away and just take the Bears plus three and enjoy the night, right? I mean, you root for your own team and put some money on it. And and we always talk about the betting market being tight, and I was saying a second ago that the the NFL has the highest limit, is because the market and the power ratings that determine these these betting numbers is so tight. But that's when teams are at full strength. So the NFL obviously doesn't have the variance of college. You don't have like 38-point spread and things like that. So you have like twos, threes, fours, and six, and then the outcome of the point spread comes down to a couple plays. But that's when teams are at full strength. They, the odds makers do not like these situations. They don't want Josh Dobbs playing. They want both teams full strength, hang three, we'll, we'll collect our money, you know? Yeah. They don't want advantages perceived elsewhere or, you know, lack of information. That's the last thing they want. So we could have a point spread, and to your point, the total could be way off 
because there's just not enough data out there on Dobbs with this Vikings team. So the unknown, it's not that it scares the house, but it's like annoying for the house. (laughs) Um, They just don't want to have to like be so fluid and elastic with their numbers because it's just the giant unknown is some of these guys, um, you know, who are playing and quarterbacks impact point spread so much. Yep. Doug Kazarian with us here on Waddle and Sylvie. Doug's the host of Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian. You can find it on OnlyPlayers.com. Let's look at the rest of the NFL slate. And the big one on Sunday is the Eagles as a three-point favorite against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have been shaky, but the Eagles have kind of let some teams hang around. Where do you sit on this game? Yeah, I really like the Bills plus three and a half. It's not surprising it comes down off the number, the key number to three now. I still like the Bills. You know, in the NFL, you got to be careful with recency bias, and you don't want to overreact to what you last saw. Bills look like world beaters against the Jets, and that was more the Jets just having an empty gas tank, and the Bills needed to take out some frustration. But I also think the Eagles, to your point, they've been playing with fire. Jalen Hurts has not looked like the dynamic self he was this time last year. He's uh, you know had a, lost the ball a bunch of times, not necessarily turnovers. He's uh, maintained possession, but there's there's enough to there that I like the Bills plus the points just because it could be a little bit of a letdown spot for Philly off the big win at Arrowhead. But this Eagles team has not looked sharp, and I do think there's going to be opportunities for Buffalo to even win the game. So I would be uh, I'd be very careful laying the, laying the lumber there with Buffalo. You know, a game that I think is interesting is Cleveland at Denver, the way Denver's been playing lately, and Cleveland just seems to come up with wins, and uh, I mean, Watson's out now, so again, the market, how do you figure out what to do with that with that quarterback situation? What's Cleveland and Denver like? Because a while ago, there's no way Denver would be favored in this game. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I do look at lean to the Denver side. It, it's hard to like. DPR in the backup situation with Cleveland. That defense can only do so much. I think Denver's the right side. Cleveland got the big win with the Steelers, and I think this is a little bit of a flat spot. And we saw sort of like the worst version of Denver last week, even though they did win. It was pretty awful. They couldn't do anything for most of their possessions. And, you know, they couldn't even tackle Dobbs on that first touchdown pass that he had when he was flushed in the pocket. I think Denver's the right side. I think the under is the right play as well, under 36. All right. Going to the Sunday nighter, it's a good one, Ravens and Chargers. The total is sitting at 48.5. The Ravens are a a 3.5-point favorite on the road, if you even want to call a game at SoFi Stadium the road. But when you look at the primetime totals, we've seen a number of them go under. I know yesterday kind of throws that theory out the window, but 48.5 is a pretty big number for uh, a primetime Sunday night game. Yeah, I mean, with the primetime stuff, like, it's not that outrageous of a stat when you know the whole season has gone under, right? At 62%. Right. And so the stress primetime unders have done X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, so are you saying that those games would have been overs if they were played during the day? And that's not necessarily the case. I just think unders are going a certain way. The market, the power ratings, even to this point, this late in the season, there's a baseline in these power ratings that use statistics from last year, and I think that's part of the problem why the market was so off. I think this point moving forward, the rest of the season, there'll be 50-50 unders and overs, but it's not like there's going to be a huge correction where the season-long stats will be under. So it's, it's one of those things where I think you just have to pick the spot. I have no opinion on the total. I would lean under if I had to play it, but I do like the Ravens. Typically, I though, Chargers are good in the underdog role, but 
I uh, I think the Ravens are going to be, you know, come to play, so to speak. And like you said, there's not really a home field advantage for the Chargers other than getting to sleep in your own bed and not have to travel. And the Ravens fan base is not like it's the Cowboys, but still, they'll, they'll be some enough Baltimore fans in the building. All right, let's move off of col- uh, off of pros and go to college rivalry re- weekend, Doug. I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts. I don't know if it's uh, tonight with Oregon, Oregon State, or all day tomorrow. Where, where do you want to go? Yeah, let's just talk about the big games because I have no, like, bangers per se on the card. So, I, you know, Michigan-Ohio State, sharp money has come in on Ohio State plus four and a half. And so that's why that number's moved to three and a half. I, I lean to the under in the game, 47, 46 and a half. It feels kind of high for offenses that I think have had some issues, especially the Buckeyes offense. And the way the Wolverines want to move the ball, it's slow and methodical. And Ohio State's defense has been pretty solid, especially that performance in South Bend against Notre Dame. So I think the under's the right side. I, I think this Big Ten season is down overall. These two teams are obviously the class of the conference. But I, I do I do look there. Um other Real quick, Doug, but, uh, on yeah. that Michigan Ohio State game, how are people handicapping Michigan now that I mean, there's been the whole scandal and and not having a coach on the sidelines, their head coach on the sidelines during game days. How are professional betters handicapping Michigan? Yeah, it's really not um, affecting the point spread at all because Harbaugh. It's not like he's the play caller and he's sort of a manager of, of CEO type. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's not really affecting the point spread. And the futures market is unchanged now. Obviously, he'll be there for the Big Ten title game in CFP if they, if they beat Ohio State. But it hasn't really affected things that much, which I think is surprising to me. For example, I don't think this line would be you know five with Harbaugh. I just think it's mm-hmm. sort of in that key number range. They can't go to three because they'd only get Michigan money. And it was four and a half, so it got bought down to four and four as well. So kind of just stuck on that number. Now, if it were one, maybe it would have been two with Harbaugh, but just because it's around those key numbers of three and has like a relatively low over-under for by college standards, that's where things sit right now. Are people putting any stock into the, hey, maybe they were a little looking a little bit better because of the sign stealing? Um, I have not heard that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously the last two years they've beaten Ohio State, um, but I, I, to my understanding, the, the 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 narrative or whatever is that that type of behavior, maybe not to that degree, but that type does exist everywhere, and there's versions of sign stealing, and so it's not like they had a huge advantage in the previous couple seasons that you know generated so much success. Yeah, that would be interesting if they like overturned the suspension and reinstated him tonight. Like, does right. the line move? I, I agree with you. I don't think so, but I don't know. Maybe it would. Well, it could go to four because yeah. like, mm-hmm. that's a dead number, right? right like three right. and a half to four, it's not that big. It's not like that's two and a half to three. Right. So, so much of this discussion and when you determine players' values of the point spread like we talked about with, you know, Vikings and Jefferson and everything, it's it all about, like, what's the starting point and what's the, you know, where, what number is it hovering over? Yeah. Doug Kazarian, host of Wager Watch with us here on ESPN 1000. You can find Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian on OnlyPlayers.com. Let's go to tonight's game and the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State. Maybe the last iteration of the Civil War that we see for quite some time. Oregon, a two-touchdown favorite right now. Anything in this game you like? You know, it's tough. I'm on the underdog if you can get full 14 points. 13 and a half, it's like a lean. But I do think Oregon State can kind of not muck up the game, but shorten the game. I think that's the key here. 
can they shorten the game and you know make it tough on on Bo Nix and the Ducks? But man, at Austin, that place will be rocking. Oregon State's pretty good though; they can run the ball. They're balanced. I know professional money's on plus fourteen. That's why we saw the line dip a little bit. It's just really hard to kind of get behind that kind of a number when you see what Oregon's doing to everyone uh, across the country. But, you know, blowing a team out by, like, 50 who's terrible is a lot different than facing a, a rival uh, at two-touchdown spread. We'll, we'll learn a lot about the Ducks tonight. Not that we don't already know a lot, but we'll learn a lot more about them. I kind of like the over in that game. But, I mean, like, I, I, I don't love it, but I like it. What do you think? Well, typically these high-scoring teams – Sort of hit a wall at the end of the season. Like I do, like the Apple Cup under tomorrow, sixty-six is a big number there. Yep. I know what you mean though, but it's like you know, the, you get these teams flying around. Mm-hmm. Like look at Ole Miss yesterday, right? Yeah, in the yeah. Egg Bowl, that offense like was shut down for three quarters basically. So you just you know, as much as you like the over, it's like you forget with these rivalry teams and the, they empty the kitchen sink, and sometimes players are tight. So it's just a lot of points, but. To your point, I mean, they've been just, you know, a, 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 a machine. Real quick, Doug, before we get to some of your best plays, the Iowa under hits again <laughs> today, a historic number of 24 and a half. I mean, how much lower can they feasibly keep putting this number? <laughs> well, that's what's so amazing is, well, there's a couple layers to this. The fact that these numbers are historically low and they're still going under, right? they They've gone under 10 of 12 games this year, and they're winning. They've yeah, yeah. 10 too. It's insane. So they're winning, and they're going under, and the numbers are in their 20s. It's, it's remarkable. Like, could, could Vegas feasibly live with themselves putting a number in the teens? Well, maybe for the bowl game, but their next game is the Big Ten title game. You're looking at an over-under in the neighborhood of 35, 37, mm-hmm. and they're going to be about 24-point underdogs or something like that. So it is, you know, that's what we're going to be looking at, whether it's Michigan or Ohio State, assuming both you know teams are healthy, both meaning the teams that play tomorrow are both going to be healthy when they advance. Um, but it, it's uh, the true test of this Iowa sort of um, juju will be when they're a huge <laughs> Uh, get playing Michigan or Ohio State. I mean, they got no chance, let's face it. And I, and I have a daughter that goes to Iowa, Doug, but I'm, so I'm rooting for them. But it's been tough watching them the last couple of years, especially this one. I, I, you know, you mentioned you know uh, making the line. It can be difficult at certain times. But if Ohio State or Michigan had one of those years where they had a prolific offense, it'd be real interesting what that over-under would be next Saturday. Because Iowa's defense is great. It's going to be like you said, thirty-five, thirty-six. But if this was one of those Ohio State years, like what? Uh, how do you put that line? You know what I mean? It's it's well, they just, so weird. Yeah, they just lean on power ratings. But to your point about Iowa's defense being great, like it is. But a week ago, they lost their their corner, who's projected as a top yeah. ten pick in the draft. He's out for the year, so that changes things, right? Um, and their quarterback, they're on a backup who's literally just so incredibly limited. Yes. And they had a backup kicker today, too. Yeah, because the first guy had two kicks blocked, and then the backup kicker, which was funny that Iowa, I mean, it was the most Iowa. So they they centered the ball, right? So it was out of bounds, and then they had like seven seconds. So on third down, they ran to the middle and centered it, but the guy took a five-yard loss, which was so unnecessary. And then then the kick barely clears the crossbar with the win from like 38. So, oh. 
And that wasn't even Iowa. It could be of Iowa. And that wasn't even the worst like special teams related brain fart of the entire day. How about Nebraska when they don't send their kicker out there as well for uh, a field goal attempt near the end of the first half? Uh, Doug, before we let you go here, what are some of your favorite plays of the weekend? Whether it's college, whether it's pro, what do you like? Yeah, this is a tough card for me. I'm I'm really don't love anything. So proceed with caution. But I like Wisconsin. At Minnesota, if you can get two and a half, that's a very good play. But I'll even lay three there. Uh, Kentucky plus eight against Louisville. You wonder if the Cardinals are looking ahead to next week's ACC title game. Getting eight points from Kentucky there is kind of hard to turn down. FSU-Florida is a weird game because of the backup quarterback situation. I like the under 49. That number's come down from 50 and a half. Uh, I like Cal plus nine and a half at UCLA. Bruins with a monster win over USC last week in the rivalry game. I think getting nine and a half with the Bears is a good play. I mentioned the under in the Apple Cup. I lean under in the Iron Bowl as well as Bama minus 13. And I think Iowa State, if you can get 10 in that game, I think that's a good play as well. Awesome. Appreciate you taking some time with us, and best of luck with all your bets this weekend. Thanks, Doug. Thanks so much, guys. Good to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving. Doug Kazarian. He's brought to you by your Chicago Toyota, Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go places, and you can find all his work on OnlyPlayers.com, Wager Watch with Doug Kazarian. When we come back, we will make some of our plays for the weekend. It's like it, love it. All that coming up next here on Waddle and Sylvie. Tyler Rocky, Jesse Rogers, in for the guys here on this Black Friday. The afternoon drive is easier with Waddle and Sylvie. Chill out. They're coming right back. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Just a little taste of it. Love It is brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tyler Aki, Jesse Rogers, filling in for Waddle and Sylvie today. Three of the usual suspects on the show are out today. Yes. I guess Jeff Meller was in earlier today, but he's not here with us right now. So we do have some subs to call in to read off picks or in some cases make some picks because some people <laughs> did not submit their picks. So Waddle. you have drawn the short straw. And have Jesse picking for you Sorry, today. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry. If you go 0-3, blame Tyler. Well, he does have a little bit of a cushion here. He is currently leading the pool with 44 points, followed by Sylvie. He's got 40. Meller's got 31. And I'm in last with 25. It's been a rough year oh, picking games God, for you me. you stink. I'm terrible. Awful. I'm bad. All right, let's All go. All right. Let's go. You were picking for Tommy, so you get to hit lead off for us. What does Tom Waddle like this week? Tom Waddle likes what Kyler Murray has been doing mm. since returning to the lineup. But he also likes Matthew Stafford in his second week back after missing a little time. I think the Cardinals and the Rams are going to score some points. I'm taking the over 45 in the Rams-Cardinals game, late Sunday afternoon game, 3 o'clock game. That's my liking. All right. That makes sense, right? Murray's been coming along. Third game for him. Mm -hmm. Stafford missed some time. They squeaked out a win. I think both offenses score some points. Boom. All right. Charlie Bevins, are you reading or are you picking for people in there? I will be reading for Sylvie and picking for Meller. All right. So, Sylvie, what does Sylvie like this week? Sylvie told me that he likes the Broncos minus one and a half. 
All right, Denver, one and a half. That's a game that Doug mentioned, too, going up against the Browns. That's an interesting game for for me because I, I, I think I, I'm with him on, on Denver in that one. I yeah. thought about making that one of my picks. Ultimately, I have opted not to. What does Meller like, Charlie? I will be picking for Meller, and I oh. like LSU minus 11 and a half this weekend against Texas A&M. Uh, that's not, that game's not really a rivalry in the traditional sense. So you don't have to worry about any mm-hmm. funny business. And I think Jaden Daniels is going to want some style points as he makes his He's final the, Heisman push. Yeah, because this is his last game that's going to be taken into account for Heisman consideration. So, and we saw last week he was still in the game in a, in a 40 something point game in the fourth quarter. And they left him oh, out there to throw, point, yeah. they left him out there to throw two touchdowns. And he ended up having eight total touchdowns in that game. Yeah, it, so. it, it's clear like Brian Kelly yeah. is thinking about that. Yes, yes. Or at least maybe someone in the building is thinking about it and Brian Kelly is allowing it to yes. happen, which I've got no problem with. If you, Listen, if you're if you're in the thick of things and you don't have anything to play for for your team, let's go get a guy at Heisman. Well, it might help in recruiting. You, know, yeah. you never know. It's, a, it's not just a personal thing. It helps the school as well, potentially. Yep. Um, for my like, I'm going to go with a game that Doug mentioned, and his thought process is exactly where mine is, and that is Kentucky plus 7.5 against Louisville in the college slate. You know, Louisville, this game means nothing to them. It won't impact whether or not they're in the ACC championship. It doesn't really do anything in that regard. However, Kentucky, this is kind of a game that like Kentucky's been a, a scrappy team this year. And you're giving me north of a touchdown here. I'm going to roll with Kentucky when Louisville's minds maybe a step ahead, thinking about the Florida State game in the ACC championship. All right, what does Waddle love? Waddle absolutely loves the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Now, look, this has been a lucky, kind of fortunate team all year. But sometimes you take that luck and you turn it into something special and you keep that thing rolling, right? Well, the Bengals are done. It's over. Forget about it. They weren't in a great spot in the first place. Then Burrow goes down. That's it for the Bengals. The Steelers, again, fortunate. Normally, the Bengals would be better than the Steelers, but not right now, not this year. Um, It's kind of the Steelers' year for whatever reason. And without Joe Burrow, Katie barred the door. It's over for the Bengals. Dave, the Steelers. The Steelers, is that still true? Is the stat still true that they've been outgained in every single game? Well, they were until last week. I, I were don't they, know what were they last outgained. Uh, we can who check did they that. play last week. I'm trying to remember, but they're one and a half point favorites. By the way, I'd love yeah. to get it at one with that kind of a team. Mm-hmm. Like they usually squeak them out. Um, so if you yeah. get it at one, get it at one. Well, the, then just take the the money lines take minus one twenty five. So well, I don't know the rules. A of this. Li- I didn't know you were allowed to just, take the, well, the no, money. No, no, no. You've given out a spread, so he's getting a spread. All right, one um, and a half. So when it's a when it's a twenty one twenty game, he knows who right. to, who to, to yell at. Fine. All right, what does Sylvie like this week, Charlie? All right, or I, love this week. Yeah, I promise Sylvie got this in on time. He sent this to me at eleven fifty. Oh, he, he loves loved, the Dolphins. Yeah, he loved Jeez. the Dolphins minus nine and a half. That game is twenty-seven to six. You guys talked about that pick six. Sure that unbelievable pick I six. Wanna, I want to see your phone. I need a yeah. I we're need gonna a time need timestamps on yeah. this. I, hey, I got a I got the timestamp right here. He sent it uh, eleven fifty. That's when I got it. Shady, all right, all right. What does Meller love? Uh, in place for Meller, I will be taking the Houston Texans plus one and a half this weekend against the Jaguars. Again, I mean, it's just a bet on C.J. Stroud. That, that's kind of all it comes down to. I know the Jaguars' defense has been playing well, but it's just fun to bet on CJ Stroud the Texans at this point. Fair moment. enough. That's why I put my MVP bet down. Um, for my love, I am going to the game 
And I am taking Ohio State plus the three and a half in this one. In fact, when things, well, when we get to tomorrow and I'm making my picks with Shea for Chicago's college tailgate, I'm telling everyone, I am hitting the big button. I am hitting the Ohio State money line button, the big one. And we are going to take Ohio State. So if you're going to give me three and a half, I'm going to take the three and a half. But I like the Buckeyes a lot, so much so that I love the Buckeyes tomorrow, plus three and a half. I think they run Michigan off the field. It's possible. I mean, Michigan's quarterback hasn't thrown a touchdown in, like, months, I think, right? It's been a while for JJ. It's been a while, so it'll be interesting. Um, And you get the bonus of of if it's a close game, the head coach isn't on the sidelines, right? Who cares about a blowout? But if it's close... You want your head coach around, so maybe that helps Ohio State. True. Absolutely there. All right. What does Waddle want? Just a little bit of taste. A though. little bit of taste. I'm going to go Oppo here and take the um, the Jaguars for mm. for exactly, the, you know, the, it has been fun to, to, to watch C.J. Stroud and the Texans, but that magic's got to take a little bit of a break here and there. And I think this is the week. Jacksonville's ah, a so week. you're a hater. Well, that's, well, it's about the betting lines and the movement and stuff. It just they they keep winning, they keep covering. It's time for a little step back. Jacksonville's a legit team, legit defense. Um, their offense is shaky at times. I'm taking the Jaguars uh, minus one and a half at Houston, just because I think the Texans are due for some sort of a letdown or bad game or whatever the case may be. They are playing a really good opponent in Jacksonville. I like the Jaguars, but just a taste of it. All right. What does Sylvie want just a taste of, Charlie? Sylvie will take just a taste of the Las Vegas Raiders at home, getting eight and a half, I believe it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's going with the Raiders Chiefs. here against the Chiefs. Correct. All right. That's a rematch of a playoff game last year, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Or maybe that was just a late season game that I'm remembering. Anyway, um, all right. On to the taste for Meller. Yeah, how about this? Is, you're going to think this is weird, but hear me out. How about Houston plus 13 and a half against Central Florida tomorrow? Central, it's in Orlando, I believe. Central Florida is trying to get bowl eligible. Uh, Houston doesn't really have anything to play for, except they can play spoilers, and Dana Holgerson's probably coaching for his job tomorrow. So how about the Houston Cougars, the other Houston team? All right, yeah, you're rolling, you're rolling down south. You've got LSU, Houston, and Houston for Meller. For my taste, I'm going to go to the Meadowlands, where the New York Giants are a three-and-a-half-point oh, dog at home Don't say against it. the New England Patriots. And I am rolling with Tommy DeVito and company to cover a plus three-and-a-half. I guess, the I guess Patriots it is the don't Patriots, even know who right? the, their quarterback is yet. And that's the only team I would bet the Giants against, they think, would be the Patriots. Yeah, and then this is kind of like a little bit of a life hedge, too, because if the Patriots win, mm-hmm. then they... Um, They'll move up in the the draft order, to, right. or they'll move back in the draft order, which helps the Bears out and and really gives them an inside track at the number one overall pick. But like the Patriots should not be a field goal favorite against or anyone, anybody, anybody yeah. let alone on the road, and yeah. let alone if you're given that extra half there too. No, no chance the Patriots should be getting that. the The Bill Belichick shine has rubbed off. In a spectacular fashion. He is no longer a gambling edge. So. No, no. I hate That's why, you know, Carmen's like, well, not Carmen, anybody's like, oh, as an underdog, all these stats, they were all achieved under Brady. 
for God's yeah. sake. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bill Belichick with two weeks to prepare, like, all those Even things. Even you're seeing the Tomlin ones that. start to lose. Right, right, too. right, exactly. Without Roethlisberger. Without like, Big Ben, right. Without Brady, without Big Ben. It, it, it's all different. It, I, oh, it bugs the hell out of me when I hear that. Yeah. You know, with two weeks to prepare, he's unstoppable. No, but Tom Brady was unstoppable. Yeah. All right, that's Like It, Love It, Just a Taste of It. It's all brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. I do want to remind people that the Waddle and Sylvie Holiday Parody Contest is open. It's been open. Time to get your entries in at ESPNParody.com. That's the link to submit all your songs, and it's a great prize, too. The grand prize this year. Have you heard what the prize is, Jess? I have not. The prize is a year's worth of groceries from our friends over at Jewel Osco. You'll also get an American Sale gift card. The deadline to submit is 6 p.m., so end of show, on December 8th. So you got about two weeks now. So how does that work? I mean, what if I'm a buy a lot of food? How does that, you know what I mean? Like, what's it's a the year's, limit? Year's what's supply the limit? Of, of groceries there. So I, I believe that all the details can be found on ESPNChicagoContest.com, and we will crown the winner at the Waddle and Sylvie holiday party on December 15th at Bub City in Rosemont. It's all brought to you by Elijah Craig, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and also brought to you by Jewel Osco, American Sale, 19 Crimes Wine, and Country Thunder. So get your songs in and make them good. You've got so much to pick from, right? Like, what, oh, yeah. What's the one topic in Chicago sports that you want to hear a song about this year? Um, I, I mean, I always enjoy the Bulls ineptitude. The Bulls ones? Yeah, you know, I like the Bulls as, ones. As the person who screens the songs, uh-huh. and I'm the first level of defense here, we haven't gotten a single Bulls one. Single that, one that's that, like strictly that, Bulls. We've yeah. gotten a few that, that like, oh, everybody the, sucks. Well, that but, points to the apathy more than anything, right? Yeah. Um, we haven't gotten a single Bulls one. That's too bad. I mean, the Bears are just too easy, but mm-hmm. those are enjoyable. A lot of Bears ones that I mean, we've gotten those are so far. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a Cub Otani one out there to be done? I, I haven't. That would be good. Yeah. Right? I'm surprised we never got the... Remember when the... Um, was it last offseason? Yeah, it must have been last offseason um, when the Cubs fans went outside the tree outside Wrigley and started singing uh, Correa to, to woo Carlos Correa. I vaguely remember, you remember it. that? Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yes. So yeah, someone right. do one of those for Shohei. Yeah. That's yeah, what there we should need. be a Shohei Cubs parody song. By then, mm-hmm. he may have signed, though, by the time we run it or whatever. It's true. Here or somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, Bears works. Bears ineptitude is fun to parody. You want to sure. hear? You want to hear one yeah, or two that we've I'd got so to. far? All right, you've got. These people uh, are way more talented than anybody in this room. That's for sure. There's three that are kind of like in the the circle of contention right, right now. Let all me, right, let me hear them. you get either a Bears one, a White Sox one, or a Cap one. Oh, God. Can we play all three? We can play all three. Okay. You know what? For Jess, Those we'll are play all three, three for ones. you. All right. We'll start with... If I had to choose, probably Cap. All right. We'll start <laughs> with the Cap one. This is from Jason Holsworth to the tune of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It is Cappy, please stop filming in the locker room. You know they changed the rule at East Bank? No more cell phones because Cap was taking videos in the locker room? Again? I mean, you know, man, what is he thinking? Guys are like, hey, not for nothing here. Yeah. But, Dude, this is some private This area. is a locker room. You better watch out, I hope you're not shy Cause you're being filmed by some bald-headed guy Cappy loves to live stream in the locker room He always works hard, he loves to break news Even when surrounded by a bunch of naked dudes Cappy got caught 
caught filming in the locker room. He sees you when you're showering. He knows when you're naked. Hey, Cap, take a break. Go out to dinner. But put down that damn iPad. Oh, what's the big deal? What could go wrong? If you ever heard of little Kyle Long? Cappy, please stop filming in the locker room. Oh, Sylvie must have loved that. That was a good one. Sylvie that is one of the leaders right one. now. Um, and apparently Jason Holsworth also has another one that he's been brewing up about Carmen and Yurko, too. Maybe someone's got a Jesse one out there. No, that wouldn't Come be on, funny. Come on, how about a Jesse one? That wouldn't be funny. Give me another one. All right, this is from Paul Macchioni to the tune of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, White Sox, Fat Folds. I snuck a gun in my fat folds Going to the White Sox game You might say it's impossible But you've never seen my fat folds Jerry Reinsdorf denies it Says the shots came from outside the park Why doesn't Sylvie know the real truth? Conspiracy theories debunked Because I snuck a gun in my fat fort Don't go into the White Sox game You might say it's impossible But Jerry's never seen my fat fold. So that is White Sox Fat Folds. And then this is the uh, the other one that's sort of in the winner's circle right now. Um, it is Man the Bears Suck by Michelle Fleischman to the tune of Jingle Bell Rock. Coach Eberflus, coming out of this year, what do you envision for the team in 2024? And, and you know, it, you know, right, and, you know, it. Jingle Bell, what the hell, man, the Bears suck. Nothing has worked, so back up the truck. Stumbling and bumbling, two coaches got canned. This mess is getting out of hand. Jingle Bell, what the hell, fumbled the rock. Plagueis can't hit and plagueis can't block. Hoping and praying at Hallis Hall. It's just bad football. What a sad time, cause in prime time, the team's in disarray. In the red zone, on his headphone, Coach Luke. Getsy never calls a good play. Eberflus is aloof. Ryan pulls too. Let's put them on the clock. Start it all over and rebuild the club. Man, it's tough to watch. Man, I need a scotch. Man, the Bears really suck. And we're excited about this second half. We got some things up our sleeves. So that is Man the Bears Suck from Michelle Fleischman. <laughs> that is good. That so those is, are the three yeah. that are kind of in the circle of contention well right done, now. Well done, Michelle. But well done. There's still plenty of time for you, although it is starting to get a little late now. you got about two weeks left. The deadline to submit is 6 p.m. on December 8th. Grand prize, a year's worth of groceries from Jewel Osco and also an American Sale gift card. So get those in. 
ESPNParody.com to submit your entries. When we come back, Jess, we will get into what to watch for. What are we watching for this weekend? Lots of things going on here. It's Waddle and Sylvie, Tyler Rocky, Jesse Rogers, in for the guys on this Black Friday. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. What to Watch For is brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. And every Friday on What to Watch For, you can be caller 10 to win free pizza from Connie. So dial it up right now. 312-332-3776. Caller 10 right now wins free pizza from Connie's. 312-332-3776. We'll whip around the room, see what everyone's watching for this weekend. Jess, you want to kick us off here? Yes. Went to my first movie in about a year. I usually go with my wife in the off season once to two times and then that's it. In like, the off season. Well, well yeah. for me off season. Right, yeah. I don't go to we don't go to the movies often. Like uh-huh. you know, yeah. Everyone used to go to the movies, right? Nobody really does right. much mm-hmm. anymore. Anyway, we went, I think it was opening night a couple nights ago and saw Napoleon. Oh, okay. I know that saw was uh Napoleon. Shay is going to see Napoleon. He's forgoing uh Friday football, Black Friday football to go see Napoleon okay, with his family. So I endorse it. Go see Napoleon. It's a great history lesson. Yeah. My wife turned to me right before the movie started. She said, now, Napoleon did what again? Like, And I was like, I, he ruled France for a while. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. we all know Napoleon's just some tyrant. But he really isn't or wasn't, to his own people at least. Mm. He tried to conquer all of Europe, but he was good to France. Okay. So anyway, it was a good history lesson because I don't know much about him other than you know, what you just, you know, he ruled France. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. And that he tried to conquer Europe. But you get to know him. It's a nice little love story involved. So you're Team Josephine. Napoleon now. I am Team Napoleon. It wasn't okay. as bad as, as I thought he was going to be. He wasn't as ruthless to the people in France that I than I thought. I okay. thought he was ruthless to are everyone. You sure how, are you sure, like, how true this is? Like... I would assume You're it's factually the, true. Uh, I would assume all, so. All they these made a bunch of stuff up, apparently. Oh, like, did the, they? like the firing the cannons on the pyramids. Oh, oh spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. It's in the, the movie, trailer. The movie it's just came out, Chardon. Anyway, the point is it was a nice history lesson. It was entertaining. Um, and uh, I recommend it. I recommend it. All right. Napoleon. Um, my what to watch for, I'm going to go with the old sports Um, And I'm going to go to tonight's game, the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State. Fascinating game because it's the last one that we'll see for a, a while. At least that's the way that's planned out with the way that everything is getting reshuffled in college athletics right now. Oregon joining the the Big Ten and Oregon State kind of left on their own right now along with Washington State. So this is an intriguing game for me and obviously it has big time college football playoff implications. If we are going off the sports path here, you know, once you get past Thanksgiving, that's when Christmas season opens up and my favorite Christmas movie of all time, Elf. Elf is always a, a must-watch for me around this time. You're not an Elf guy? No, I am. I am. I just, Elf's a great movie. I, 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 it's good. It's good. What do you like, Charlie? I, so I thought you were going to say the the game tomorrow. I didn't think you were going to. Oh, so did I steal your yeah, thunder? Yeah, I was going to do this. All right, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll flip mine, all right, because you are the Oregonian here. Uh, my what to watch for is the game. Ohio State-Michigan. Big implications. Winner goes to the playoff. 
Charlie, what do you like? <laughs> you just stole it. I now love, stole I love the platypus. Or <laughs> the platypus cup, the Civil War, whatever we're calling it these days. That game is... Uh, I, I've been to a few of those by this point. That game is always so fun to watch. It's very... Oregon in November is vi- like a very classic and familiar look for me, obviously. And just seeing it have very big implications for both of these schools... It makes me very excited to watch this game. It's always fun when it when it means a little more when both teams are good. All right. Kendra, anything that you are watching for this weekend? You know, I'm going to tune into the new Fargo. You know, every... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's an anthology yeah. series, so they have a new one. John Hamm, uh, Juno Temple from... Um, I've, I've been seeing the uh, the trailer or like the commercials for that coming yeah, back. Yeah, so it's looking, yeah. it's looking pretty good. I want to tune into the Fargo. That's a good one. All right, good stuff there. Uh, that is what to watch for. Brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. When we come back, we will get to Aki's A list, and Charlie Bevins is going to spearhead that for us today. And we will also in the five o'clock hour talk a little baseball with Jesse Rogers. He's going to open up the notebook and tell us the things that he hasn't told anyone else yet so far. And also, he's got a piece of mail from Cooperstown that he has to open. This could either be great or it could be a dud. (laughs) It may be a buy your uh, celebratory baseballs for the holiday (laughs) season. We may be getting a pamphlet here. We also may be getting something a little bit better. So it better be the better one or otherwise I'm going to make fun of you for half an hour. (laughs) All right? That's all coming up next here. Tyler Rocky, Jesse Rogers, we're in for Waddle and Sylvie on this Black Friday. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.